everyone. Welcome back. This is Castlin and Always Acting Up. This is the podcast where I share all of my personal stories and journeys as an actress in the entertainment industry. This episode, I'm going to tell you how I was dropped from my agency and how I feel about that and why, because it's just bananas. But first, I want to give you guys a shout out for following along, supporting me, and of course, none of this could be possible without my producer, Hisani Jansen. All of this started with my agents in New Mexico. And my agents in New Mexico, um, I like them as people so, so much. I think they're really, really wonderful people. And um, they're kind of a newer agency in New Mexico. And they were also they also work in uh, Arizona. They are SAG franchised, so that is important in this story. But there was a couple of things that I don't know if I consider red flags, but there were definitely things that bothered me along the lines which sort of led to me terminating this contract. The first thing that really bothered me is when I got new headshots, I sent um, my headshots. I had already narrowed them down and I said, hey, um, can you go ahead and make your selects of photos that you think would work best? Because, you know, I don't get the breakdowns. I don't know what other actors you have are booking or like what you think would catch someone's eye. I narrowed them down. I had three different categories. I picked which ones I like and I was waiting for their selects. Of those three categories, they picked which ones they liked for two of them. And then the last category, they were like, well, you know what? Just go ahead and pick whatever you like. And I was like, well, I like all of them. And I already narrowed down my selects, which is why I asked you for your opinion. I don't I, I don't really think it's important what I like because I like them all. Or, you know, I only like a certain amount. That's why I asked you in the first place is because I wanted your professional opinion. And I know you're probably thinking, well, that's what a manager is for. But I don't have a manager at this point. So I had just asked my agents. And like like I said, we had a really good relationship. So I figured I would just get their opinion. That was kind of like the first thing that sort of made me go, hmm, yeah. The second thing that really kind of started raising flags for me was when I saw a breakdown from a local casting director. And the breakdown, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was perfect for me. And so I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and send my agents a message asking them if they have submitted me because I believe she was looking for local agents first and then she was taking submissions from the general public, aka all of us. <laughs> and so I texted my agents and they responded, oh, honey, like we already did submit you and you weren't selected. But you know what? Why don't you go ahead and submit anyways on your own just in case it was maybe... Um, lost in the batch, or maybe seeing your face again would be a good idea. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and submit on my own because I'm used to submitting anyways. And so when I went to submit on my own, oddly enough, I was asked to audition, which I thought was really strange because my agents just told me that I was not selected and that they had already submitted me. So that kind of made me go, huh, were they lying? Or was the casting director trying to tell me something? Honestly, I, I really don't know. They literally told me that they submitted me and I was not selected. So how is it possible that I submitted on my own and I was selected for an audition? I, I, I don't know. You tell me. So that was kind of red flag number two. Um, I didn't end up booking the job anyways, but I still got the audition, which I think is a wing. Oh, win. Pa-ching, ching. And so the third time. And I know what you're probably thinking. Well, third time is already too much. The third time was when I did a casting director workshop 
with a local uh, casting director in New Mexico. Uh, it was done via Zoom. So, you know, I didn't actually get to see her in person, but I was in the workshop via Zoom with her. New Mexico is one of those markets people are really trying to crack into. And I feel really lucky to have representation there because I know it's very challenging and it's still new. So there's not that, that much information about it. And so people in the group chat were asking about all the different agencies, how to get in. And then the casting director had mentioned some of the agencies. And when she mentioned my agency, the look on her face was, it's almost like she was looking for the correct words to say. She did say, she goes, oh, and -and so-and-so, you know, I love them as people, but they're not, they're not traditional. They kind of do things their own way, which made me go, well, what does that mean? Does that, does that mean she's not, they're not submitting me or I I don't know what that means. And I didn't want to, at the time, ask her because I was still with this agency. And obviously, like, I didn't want to start any type of weird things or make somebody think that maybe my agents were not good people or whatnot. I didn't want to do that. But I thought that was very interesting that one of the bigger casting directors in Albuquerque was saying that my agents did things a little strange. Okay. Okay. And so the fourth time this was the time that really just made me go, okay, like I'm I'm really upset right now. And I actually, thinking about it, I'm still a little upset. I'm telling y'all this is like salt in a wound right now. The fourth time was when they got me an audition for, I believe it was for Delilah, which is uh, the Oprah Network is doing her own TV show. And it films specifically in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was like, okay, well, that's strange. They typically don't get me auditions for the East Coast. That's where the Atlanta agent comes in. So I don't know where this one is coming from. And uh, which which is which is cool because this is actually my second time auditioning for Delilah because my agent in Atlanta did get me an audition for this show already. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, this is my second audition. So this is dope and I have a really good shot. And so when I was reading the uh, breakdown and information specifically on the casting notice, it says, we are looking for locals only, but not like local, local hire. They wanted people who lived specifically in Charlotte. I'm not saying like two hours away, three hours away. They were saying specifically Charlotte. And so I reached out to my agents and I was like, hey, um, do you still want me to submit for that? Because I have no problem working there and going there, but it specifically says Charlotte. And they were like, oh, we actually didn't even notice that before. And I was like, okay, well, Um, It does. So what do you want me to do? And I I understand. They probably see so many casting notices on like a daily basis. Like it's possible information like that just went under the radar. It slipped their minds, whatever. And so they said, you know, it's ultimately your decision, you know, collectively as a group. We've had conversations before on whether I'm going for money right now or credits. And because I don't think I have enough credits, I'm on board my biggest priority is getting these credits. So I was like, okay, like if this is a good credit, then I'm willing to spend money to get the credit. And so uh, the audition obviously is an East Coast audition, which we all know I live here in Las Vegas and we are three hours behind. I submitted my audition on Saturday and the audition was not due until Monday. So I'm already like a day and a half ahead of time. And there's always that idea that, 
The faster you turn in your audition, the better it is because sometimes if casting sees what they want, they're going to stop right there. They're not going to go and look at all the rest, rest of the tapes coming in because why? They already have what they want. And not to mention like the sooner you get it in, like what if they have like hundreds of people to go through? Your chances are getting a little bit more slim. I'm not saying people don't look at them, but you know, after your hundredth audition tape of looking at actors all doing the same read, I would imagine you would get a little tired. So I really wanted this. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn this in on Saturday at around 1 p.m. PST, which is Pacific time zone. Oddly enough, I had a really great read and I had a phone call with my agents literally 15 minutes afterwards. I can't remember what I was talking to them about. I probably sent them a text message and I was like, hey, just so you know, I turned in this audition and I submitted it through Actors Access. And so we had a conversation and um, I think just in general about the industry. And I had told them during this conversation, hey, I really want to get this turned in in advance. I think it's really important. I, I really made sure to make sure that they knew I wanted it turned in. And then around eight o'clock that night, I got an email from Actors Access saying that my agent submitted the audition. And I'm like, wait a second, like I turned this in at one o'clock. It's now eight o'clock on uh, West Coast time, which means on East Coast time, it's 11 o'clock, which means the day's over, which means nobody's looking at casting, uh, at auditions. And I was really upset because I was thinking like, I'm not saying like I should be your biggest priority. I'm not saying that. But I'm like, we just had a conversation of how I wanted to get this in early. And now it's seven hours later. Why, why did we wait seven hours to submit my video? Because like I said, for all I know, 50 other actors had turned in their auditions during this time period. I was quite upset. And being that it is a production on the East Coast and with the different time zones, the likelihood of someone watching my audition tape on a Saturday has now turned in to a Sunday, which is what I really didn't want. And that that really, really frustrated me. But here's where I got really, really frustrated. Um, I got an email from them. I guess I had been signed with them for about a year at this point, and they were uh, inquiring if I would like to continue my contract. Yes, I did. When they could expect payment for my $125 annual fee. And let me just briefly tell you really quickly. Like I said, they are a SAG franchise agency. I called SAG and said, why is my agency trying to charge me $125? And SAG says, well, and this is through SAG, so just so you guys know, they're not lying, they're not making this up, this is actually a thing in some, some of these smaller markets. SAG does allow agencies to charge a certain website fee so that they can hold all your material. Um, and the fee that they do allow for New Mexico is $125. So they cannot charge anything else. Uh, your contract and being signed with them is um, not, goodness gracious, what's the word? You can still be represented by them and not have to pay this fee. This fee is specifically for your headshots, profiles, everything to be on their website. So it's not a necessity, but it is something that they recommend because when casting directors or directors, producers, whatever, go to your agent's website, they will see all of your information. 
Um, let me tell you what I feel about this. And I just had this conversation with a friend, so she kind of talked me through it again. Your agents do not get paid for all of the work that they do, and they do a lot. On a daily basis, they are constantly submitting you. Yes, an audition is a win, but when you don't book the job, they still don't make any money. They're still doing all of this work for free, essentially. So I understand that. But I was thinking to myself, if you're charging 200 clients $125 for a website maintenance fee, that's $25,000. Does your does your website cost $25,000? That is bananas. That is just crazy. I wasn't on board with that. Um, I'm sure they may have kept the additional fees for themselves, which is fine, I guess. You know, they have to make money somehow. They have to make their time worth it. So I wrote them an email and I was like, you know what? And I was very professional. I can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but I'm never going to be an asshole on purpose. Unless like, I don't know. I, I just, I, I just, no, I, I'm, I don't do that. And so um, I very professionally said, you know, at this time, especially during the quarantine, I haven't booked anything through you guys yet. And with the pandemic happening, you can't even submit me to certain jobs because I'm not a local hire. So what are we even submitting me to right now? Like, I just didn't understand and they responded, they're like, first of all, you paid it last year, which is true. I did because I was like, you know what, let me try out this small, uh, smaller market and maybe that's how they operate and maybe it'll be worth it. But I didn't book a single paying job through them. So no, I didn't want to pay for a year too. But also in their email, they were expressing how offended and disappointed they were in how I phrased my email. And I was like, wait a second. Like, I understand as an agency, we are all working together as a team. We have a relationship. We're like a family. But this is also a business at the same time. And if this is offending you, that's kind of a problem, I feel. And I definitely think that what they, how they were reading it, they were taking it way out of context because I I didn't say anything offensive. Like I literally was just like, I, I haven't booked anything and um, I just don't want to, I, I didn't, I never felt comfortable in the first place. I never wanted to pay it in the first place, but I did. And I expressed that um, it was kind of like a trial for me and I didn't think it was worth it. And so they responded, you know, it doesn't jeopardize our contract. We can still keep you on. We uh, just won't have you on the website. And I really had to think about it for a little while. And I was like, you know what? We've already kind of had four strikes. I don't know if strikes are the word. But we've already kind of had four instances where I was really, really frustrated or kind of disappointed. And so I was like, you know what? I love you guys as people, but I'm going to go ahead and terminate my contract. And it was very casual. And um, I still like them as people. And if uh, for whatever reason I needed to contact them, I will. And so here's where like things really get kind of like ugh, messed up. I get an email from my agent in Atlanta about four or five days later. And she's like, hey, so I heard that you recently terminated your contract with um, our partners in New Mexico. And so because I found you through them, I have to honor my agreement and... Um, we have to terminate our relationship as well. And I was like, wait a second, like what? Exactly. 
Because I terminated my contract with my agents in New Mexico, my agent in Atlanta, who I found through them, had to honor her contract contract and drop me as well. Yeah, let's just think about that for a little while. That was part of their agreement that if um, a client terminates a relationship with one of them, the other had to drop them. This is the true story. And so that's how my week went. I dropped one agency and the other one dropped me uh, because of it. So great. And that really sucks because honestly, like I was getting more auditions with my agent in Atlanta than I was with the other agents in New Mexico. So this is kind of like an ouch and an ouch and an ouch. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm currently on a search for a new representation. And as usual, part of my struggle, I always have a hard time with it. So now that I'm sitting here struggling, there's that idea or thought in my head that goes, dang, like maybe I should have just paid the 125. Like maybe I should have just done it because then I would have still uh, had agents and now I have nothing. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, but I guess that brings me to my moment of positivity. So with this being a difficult time, yeah, I think the biggest quote that comes to mind is when one door closes, the other door opens. I'm trying to tell myself that just because this particular situation didn't work, that there's going to be other and better agencies down the line. Yeah, that's at least what I'm trying to tell myself. Although I'm in an incredibly difficult search right now for representation, maybe something great will come by and uh, this will all be a funny story one day because right now it's not, it's not funny. It's just not funny. Well, thank you guys for joining me here today. Uh, what do you think about this? Is this something that you've heard before? Does this stuff only happen to me? Because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that this happens to. Therefore, that is why I have my podcast. <laughs> okay, anyways, go ahead to leave a comment below. Let me know. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. And uh, let me know how you guys are doing. Talk to you on the next podcast. <laughs>